the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List. We're now nine months away from the 2020 low sulfur fuel regulations coming into effect, and there are still a few stakeholders feeling more than a little nervous. We're not quite at Brexit levels of last-minute panic just yet, but it's fair to say there are still some pretty significant questions left unanswered regarding availability, quality and, of course, pricing. The fuel suppliers have smelled the fear and most are currently touring their core customer bases to assuage any lingering concerns. We caught up with Total Marine Fuels for this week's podcast as they embarked on the second leg of their world tour, touting their 2020 fuel offerings. We talked through the industry concerns about availability and compatibility, but also got their take on why fuel management still needs work from the industry side and why no ship owner can now ignore the LNG fuel option when considering a new building. Yeah, hello, um, Jérôme Le Prince from Total Marine Fuels Global Solution Managing Director. I'm very happy to be here, Rich, and uh, happy to answer your questions, your concerns that uh, are the concerns of the whole industry. Global Cap, the IMO 2020, is a disruptive change in the industry. Just one figure is 85% reduction in sulfur of the uh, marine fuels. That's a huge change. It's impacting both industries, shipping industry and the uh, oil refining industry. And that is why uh, we are here to, to speak about it with the stakeholders of the shipping industry, with our customers, but not only. And we'll uh, be launching a series of uh, uh, forums, conferences uh, throughout the uh, major hubs to, to address that. We need to do it because there are still concerns about availability, about quality, about price, and about uh, management of the transition to 2020. But, uh, you know, as I, as I mentioned in the introduction, nine months out, you are very clear about the fact that you think quality and availability is okay from your side. Your competitors are saying much the same thing. And yet, from your customer's point of view, there's still an, an element of nervousness about uh, whether these things are going to pan out. What um, promises can you, can you offer? You know, are, are there any definites here? Because we are dealing with a number of different variables here in terms of price, quality, availability. Yeah, that's an excellent question because today the product does not exist the proof is not there. So what we say to our customers is that we have developed in the last three years a comprehensive program for uh, the development of very low sulfur fuels within Total, together with uh, refining and uh, trading branches of Total with the research and development teams. We have developed a program to set what can be and what can't be the new receipts for this product. That's very important to say that at the end of this program, we've made the first ever trial of uh, very low sulfur fuel on board a vessel, a big vessel that uh, was sailing from Asia to Europe, and it proved very successful. So what we say to the customers is, first, we are ready in that respect. We have set our uh, plans in terms of quantity and quality. And the second is they should not hesitate to engage uh, with us to make uh, some more trials. The, the, um, the uptake of scrubbers is one of those key swing factors, I guess, that's going to determine a lot of the outcomes. Mm. Are you in any way concerned about this debate that's going on within uh, the industry side and around ports and the current sort of bans around open loops. I realise that you're sort of almost one step removed from this and it's perhaps unfair to ask you to comment, but I mean, it is directly going to impact a lot of the decisions you're making. I mean, 
Any, any thoughts on the open uh, Actually, it's an excellent question. Uh, you're, you're, you're right. This, there is a strong debate in the industry now, nowadays, and we have every day paper on that. So it's important to address that as total. We, we cannot uh, ignore the debate. So we are following it very closely. That's, that's very important for us. We, we, um, the ambition to uh, provide our customers with the product they require from us. So if they have chosen the scrubber technology, we will set up a supply chain for, for them for HSFO, mm-hmm. uh, fuel oil. And we anticipate that about 10 to 20% of the market will remain in high sulfur fuel. So it's important to address these customers. A lot of tankers, nowadays new tankers, are equipped with scrubbers, some uh, container ships. So the market will be significant. And do you, do you think the availability issues are going to be okay there in terms of you know maintaining that supply? Yeah, yeah, I I think so. Uh, these products exist today, indeed. Yeah, so we know them. So we but just have to look at the barging uh, yeah. side. In the main hubs, I've no doubt about it. And in other places, well, I would recommend the the, the ship owners to come and and discuss with the supplier because some remote places there may be ways to manage it. It's fair to say that the, the sample testing that's been going on around the industry in terms of the new products that have been developed, not just from you, but your competitors, uh, are all coming back with uh, the green lights. You know, the, the fuel testing agencies suggest that you know, the, the quality and the availability of this fuel is, is, is okay. But the problems, I would suggest, could well be on the industry side in the sense that for a long time, the fuel procurement process has been relatively simple. We are now entering in uh, a new range of complexities as they uh, they make fuel choices. And this um, traditional idea of fuel management perhaps is something where the technical expertise is missing on the side of the industry. Would you say that you are in any way concerned about technical expertise on the industry side? And you know, have you had any conversations with clients about this? I would say we are following very closely what's happening on the customer side in that respect. And uh, as you said, with this big change, it has to come with training, raising awareness, raising technical skills. It's, I would say, a program that I would call back to basics because the management of fuels on board vessels, evaluating compatibility between two batch of bunker fuels, managing the viscosity of, of, uh, of, the, of the fuel towards the engine uh, nose. This things are quite known. Engine makers are giving recommendations about it uh, nowadays. We need to raise awareness of the whole industry about the new paradigm in which we enter uh, with these new fuels. But in the end, it's fairly manageable. Of course, uh, we're not just talking about the fuel itself. We're talking about new lubes, which of course is a major part of your business. But this just goes again to uh, highlight the complexity of the changes that are going to be happening. I mean, it's not just a question of picking a scrubber or low sulfur fuel, you have to be able to manage you know, the difference in terms of what we are doing now versus what we are going to be able to do, both in terms of where they're calling, when they're calling, how they're dealing with this fuel. I mean, could you talk a little bit about the loop side, perhaps? Yes, I can talk a bit about the loop side. I am uh, Robert Jor. I am the general manager of uh, Total Loop Marine. So uh, we are uh, delivering uh, marine lubricants and greases uh, all over the world in uh, 100 countries in uh, 1,000 ports. So uh, quite a dense network. And uh, for us, the good message, and uh, not only for us, but I think also for our customers, that we are ready to, and we needed to be ready. As you may or may not know, is that we develop our own products. So we have a permanent eight people working on the development of new products, and we started in fact quite early to prepare for, for 2020 and uh, we are ready with a new range of products because we 
need new products together with the, with the new fuels. And we have to be ready as well, because when we talk to our clients, one of your questions was, are you talking with your clients? We talk a lot with, with our clients, and our clients, in fact, they confirm us that most of them will start switching over as of September. So it means also that if they switch over in September, that the products need to be there, and our products need to be there as well on a worldwide basis, and especially in the, in the big hubs. So it means from, from our side also, a logistics operation has to start as of from the summer, and we will be ready with uh, good products, new products uh, that will uh, that will perform with uh, with the new fuels available worldwide. So from that, I'm uh, assuming that the, the the real activity is going to start from say beginning of Q4 this year. Yeah, the switchover will start as most of the customers say as of as of September they will start switching over. So we'll need to have the uh, the, the products in place by then. I would be uh, negligent if I didn't ask the question about price. It's the big question, I guess, from the industry side. Uh, availability and quality is one thing, but how much is it going to cost them, of course, is, uh, is, the, is the big question. Any insights you can, uh, you can offer the industry on this side? Indeed, uh, it's difficult to comment on the future of bunker price, and uh, it's the same as all price. If we, if, if we knew, we would be rich. But uh, what we can comment on is the need for the industry to have uh, the proper index to price the loss of fuels, mm -hmm. which has started uh, recently with the flats quotations and would follow with others. And that's important that the liquidity on this increase to be able to match our customers and our own expectations. Meanwhile, uh, the important point is that who, whatever the need in terms of pricing of our, our customers, we can, we can provide that through our, our uh, derivative and aging uh, capabilities within Total. Maybe from the uh, lubricants point of uh, view, so the pricing, there are some questions about, so the majority part of the, the lubricants uh, volume will be new B B uh, the BN40, and uh, well now the, uh, the, the, big, uh, the big part is done with, uh, with uh, the BN70. So the question is, now with a lower BN, uh, will it be a lower price as well? So uh, and here I must say there is no real correlation between the BN number and uh, between the 70 and the, and the BN40. So it will not be a cheaper product. It will, it's a new product uh, with uh, new characteristics. And uh, so uh, uh, I think here so that uh, the price will be competitive because this is what our customers need. But uh, it will most definitely not be cheaper than, uh, than the, the current BN70. The other thing I, I want to talk to you guys about is uh, LNG fuel. You obviously had a part in the landmark deal with uh, CMAC GM. They are building nine LNG fuels, uh, large container ships, and uh, locking in the LNG fuel supply with a network of suppliers, including yourselves, was a major part of how they were going to operate that. It was seen very much as a landmark deal within the industry, and uh, a lot of people are very positive about the possibility of uh, wider LNG fuel coming into the market. And yet, we don't seem to have seen this accelerate in the way that many had predicted, uh, you know, even a couple of years ago. Why do you think there is this reluctance in the uptake of LNG as a fuel at a, at a larger scale? I would not speak about uh, reluctance. Uh, uh, we are very proud indeed of uh, the participation of uh, Total with, to this pioneer deal, uh, to this pioneer move of CMACGM in the LNG propelled vessels. Uh, that's very interesting move. It's uh, the first of a series, I would say, because LNG is the best option from now on to, to match the expectations of the shipping industry in a whole, uh, IMO regulations, but uh, also targets about decreasing greenhouse gas emission footprint of the shipping industry. So that's very important. And LNG is, uh, is, is safe, LNG is, is low emissions, it's broadly available as a commodity, and it's 
now affordable. The price of uh, LNG is below, as a commodity is below the price of uh, gas oil and of HSFO uh, nowadays. So I don't see reluctance. I think the shipping companies have been first uh, focused, recently focused on the uh, IMO 2021st January date, so to, to, to set their uh, strategies in, in conventional fuels. And uh, I think now it's time when uh, decision-making will come for big house, uh, big names of the shipping industry. So we are very, very positive on the uptake of LNG as marine fuel uh, in, in the years to come. Yeah. But can we expect uh, you know, imminent you know, increases in supply and infrastructure from your side in terms of uh, encouraging the, uh, the uptake? Yeah, well, it's a very good point. We anticipate, uh, we have announced our next developments. Mm -hmm. We have announced development in Singapore. Mm -hmm. We have announced a development in Middle East. So this should match the expectations of the major future customers we anticipate, which mm -hmm. are the regular lines, especially container ships. Can I ask, are you talking to any of the other major lines about similar moves? I think anyone today that order new builds, vessels, must evaluate the LNG option, must ask the shipyard for the LNG option and evaluate it and come to us to ask for quotations for starting discussion. It's a partnership discussion, I can tell you, because it's both technical and commercial. But I can tell you that most of them do it and it's very interesting. So there are conversations going on. We can't be more specific than that, but fair to say that major clients are coming to you and asking about this. Yeah, it's fair to say that no, no, not a major shipping line can avoid the debate internally. Total, Marine, um, thank you very much for joining the Lloyd's Plus podcast. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you very much.